From Bossier City, Louisiana, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Welcome back to another episode of the Grouch and the Brainstorm. And from Bossier City, this is Mike. Hello, everyone. I have Matt. Hey, guys. And we have Jill. Hello. And we have two of the clubhouse queens down here Double today. trouble. Double <laughs> trouble. We got Michelle. Say hi, Michelle. Hi. And we got Faye. Hey, everybody. All right. And we are sure glad to have you ladies on here. Um, so we're going to cover a couple things, but before we roll off into it, I do want to make a couple announcements for our audience, and we love to interact with our audience and want to start doing it more. So we do have an email address that we will answer, and it is um, GNB. Bozier at gmail.com. That's like girl and boy or grouch and brainstorm Bozier <laughs> at gmail.com. And we also have a voicemail line. You can call in at uh, area code 985-377-4816. And we will check the voicemails. We can uh, play them online, just FYI. So if you're not comfortable with it getting played online, let us know. We'll just address whatever concern you have vocally and we'll we'll get that out. So Tonight we have a uh, you know with our with our special guest we have a special topic and you know the grouch and the brainstorm was designed for newcomers or people who may be coming back who just want a different perspective or here's some people who have experience with the different topics and as promised this is a uh, episode is going to be on step anybody want to guess twenty five. <laughs> Not thirteen, Matt. Matt was Matt was hoping for our next guest. <laughs> no thirteenth stepping. No, not not in here. <laughs> Step three, and and just for the listeners' uh, um, knowledge, step three is made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood Him, and um, that is a, um, a deep subject. And it, it might not be the same for every single person. And a lot of it is, uh, as we understood him, goes into that too. So uh, uh, we're going to get a little experience from one of our regulars, which is Matt. I want to hear Matt's experience with this. And then we're going to roll off into everybody at the table. So hit it, Matt. All right. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I um, So the as we understood him part, that's, that's the part I think um, – myself and i think a lot of people that come in there some people may come in um you know with a background spiritually uh already but for mine it was blow it up and start over uh when i got to this point and so even though being raised in a you know my dad was a pastor and grew up in church and and never missed church growing up my whole life i had his understanding and what i was told but I didn't have my own understanding of, of uh, a higher power, God. And so to turn will and life over to something that you don't, you're not real sure, I wasn't real sure at that point mm-hmm. what was what, you know. Uh, so so it, it's uh, – and, and the understanding part, the understanding ch- has changed as I've gone on over the years too. I understand more um, as I grow with it. But – I, I was very fortunate um, when when I got ready to do the steps. I was in treatment with a couple of guys and very spiritual, and uh, they they worked at the treatment center. And I spent a lot of time talking with those two guys about this right here. And so I had some, uh, what's the word? Not confusion, but I think I had some things that were that were told to me that I didn't necessarily that kind of pushed me away from God that I had had been taught growing up and the more I researched it on my own I came to I came to understand a little better uh you know what God was all about and still not very religious to this day but but uh prayer wise and relationship with God uh is better than it's ever been in my whole life so um church is still tough it's just because I can't sit still that long that's the main thing but um (laughs) I enjoy it, but but I enjoy I can I can talk with God on a bass boat with the sun coming up and nobody else around, and I get more out of that than I do sitting in a church pew. And I think it's the quiet, get quiet and and slow, slow down. And um, 
for me, that's when that's when I tend to to kind of I'm I'm at my best spiritually as far as uh, um, where I need to be spiritually. Um, so, yeah, it's I think I think though step three and and all the steps as you go through them, you're you're gonna evolve and grow with what you're doing, and that ties in with that. Um, so. I'm, it's vastly my relationship with God today is vastly different than it was five years ago when I came in. So it was baby steps, just getting in the door here and trying to work these steps and knowing that the first two involved God and I was like, or two first two of the first three and and uh, I was kind of leery of that, you know, and didn't know how to do that. Um, I do have a better understanding now uh, with a sponsor and with, you know, talking with people, but um it's so much better today with that and uh gives me a little alternative to uh and especially in moments uh you know when when i need it it's there you know so i don't know if that explains it very well but that's kind of my take on it i like it thanks mike i like it it works you can tell you do it (laughs) i do do it you do do it it it. that's right i do do it it. (laughs) make sure you clean up after yourself (laughs) I do the 25 steps, so, you know, what, what do you yeah. expect out of me? <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> like some people have five things, some people have eight, some people have 670, you know, whatever keeps them some busy. Some of us are yeah. sicker than others, you know. Yeah. I need more than you got, you know, more steps. <laughs> Faye, what do you got on step three? Tell us, tell us a little bit of your perspective. Well, you know, I grew up in a very devoutly religious home, and I, um, in my early life, I, I had a good close relationship with with my creator to the point that before I started drinking um oh this is back in in my 20s and early 30s uh I didn't start drinking until I was 47 but late bloomer a very late bloomer but earlier in my life um I had a husband that was terminally ill and uh he was ill for about 10 years and I got to the point where you know I something I've heard that has stuck with me is you know when you get to the point where God is all you've got you'll find he's all you need mm-hmm. and we got to that point at, toward the end of his will his illness I got to the point where you know there was nothing more I could do uh, all I had to do was depend on God and I had an awesome relationship yeah. but then after he died and I decided that, you know, I'm going to live life for myself now. That's That was my problem. And uh, I, I started drinking, and the alcohol built a wall between me and him. You and God. Me and God, yeah. Did you start drinking immediately after your husband passed? No, no. Um, he died in 93, and I didn't start drinking until, like, 2000, right around 2000, so... It was a good while before I started drinking, and his death was not the reason I started right. drinking. But right. that that there's a lot more that goes with that. But um, as I drank, the more I drank, and I drank for twenty years, almost twenty years, and the more I drank, the higher and the thicker that wall between me and God got. And when I came into AA and I started working the steps immediately that wall began to crumble and I was back into the relationship that I had had with my God before. And it was a most, it was the most awesome thing that has been, uh, one of my greatest, uh, one of my greatest accomplishments in AA is to revive that relationship that I had at one time. And, uh, I know now, you know, he never went anywhere. It was me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but I know now that I can depend on him for anything. Yeah. You know, for anything, uh, it's not going to be. You know, life is not going to be without its challenges. It's going to be there. But I know that he's watching out for me, and he's got his hand on me. Do you remember what it was about coming into the rooms that brought you back to that relationship? It was 
surrender. It had I had gotten to the point where, you know, like we all do, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit drinking and I'm gonna do this to quit drinking and I'm gonna do this to quit drinking and I'm gonna do this to quit drinking, and it finally got to the point where. It was quit drinking or my daughter was going to take my keys away from me. And uh, and it was going to be, you know, and life was not going to be good. And I realized that I, you know, I, I had tried for so long and I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah. I could not do it by myself. And, oh, I tell you, it was such a relief when I walked into the room for the first time. Yeah, I just felt like the world had been taken off my shoulders. I was in with a group of people that knew exactly what I had been through and knew exactly what, what my problem was and knew how to help me with it. And that was what, you know, what, that's how I came. And I knew, I knew all along that if I asked God and I trusted God to help me with this, he would. But I was blocked by the alcohol. Yeah. Once, once the alcohol went away, the relationship was back again. Alcohol is a great persuader. Yes, it is. I mean, it says that in the big book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it, it you know, and kind of like your story, Faye, sometimes the alcohol ultimately led me back to the God of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I can't just sit here and dog alcohol all day because if it had not been for... I don't know if the ego would have ever driven me that far, but the alcohol sure as hell got me back in there with with God anyway. So me too. Well, it's 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 being able to release everything to Him yeah. and not have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about anything anymore because I know that He's going to take care of it. You know, like I said, it's not always easy, and I'm not. I don't do it perfectly. Yeah. But. I do. I can depend on my God, and I can. I know that I'm at a place where He will take care of me. Oh yeah, she and really He seems does to be feel like that. Oh way yeah, because we're always helping each other out in that regard. When we get to worrying about something, we're like, "Hey, are you in control? Are you trying to run this show?" So, so you kind of <laughs> offer each other spiritual assistance. Absolutely. We really, in in a lot of ways. Boy, yeah. that that helps. It, it does. does. It definitely does. Yeah. She's it, much better at it than I am, <laughs> but she's had a lot more practice. Been in it longer. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, so experience says a lot. It does. I'm so happy to have her as my. How sponsor. long? How long have both you guys been sober? We know that, but the people listening may not know that. I'm coming up on three years. Woo-hoo. A couple of weeks, both, I'll have three right. years. I have been sober a little over two years february 4th okay 2021 well you damn near two and a half yeah yeah i guess so (laughs) you know it's i used to you know just every minute of every day till i got that next chip you know it you know and and now i'm kind of set not to say i got this thing because i don't nobody does um but you know i don't have that same i think about you know when am I going to get that next chip? I just, you know, it's kind of just a normal part of my life now. It, I finally settled into that this is this is my life now, and I love it. You know, um, that thing with God. I'm sorry, is it my turn? Oh, no. no. <laughs> the really, that, that right. was to get us started. Okay, yeah. No, we I don't do turns. <laughs> I love talking it. about God, but that was definitely not always the case. Um, I was I came in the program so very very angry with the God of my understanding, you know, I'd never heard of page four seventeen the portion on acceptance. Well, that's the new newest edition in the big book. Um, I'd never had I've never heard that in my life, and that is really what caused me to have my my big aha spiritual awakening because it was like wow what it was. I was so angry because I feel like I was a victim of God, that he was this mean kid with a magnifying glass, and we were the ants. <laughs> and he was just seeing what kind of mess he could allow to happen. There was a lot of stuff, you know, growing up, I couldn't square with the loving God. I didn't understand the concept that there is evil in this world, <laughs> Um and that, you know, God doesn't override the free will of his people. So, uh, you know, yeah, bad stuff happens to you. But I just kept thinking, you know, God um, doesn't like me. You know, I've done too many bad things. Um, 
if he would have really loved me like everybody said, those things wouldn't have happened to me. You know, the stuff I saw in Iraq, you know, it, I, you know, now I'm not going to turn this into a, oh my God, my trauma meeting. <laughs> but honestly, that was the anger. That was the anger. And yeah, that nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. That should be tattooed on me somewhere <laughs> because that was freedom to me. And, you know, I, I see my sponsor, Faye, you know, who I'm a very needy sponsee and I'm getting less and less needy, but you know, God, I, God's favorite kind. God knew exactly what was, he was doing when he put us together, you know, um, as far as <laughs> I told her, I would never go to a Catholic church. I, you know, the building would burn down <laughs> if I walked in. And, you know, I know it seems like I'm just trying to be Faye. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I followed her in that regard, too, because I saw what she had and I wanted it. Yep. And I didn't have anything that looked good to me. And I remember my aunt when I was growing up was Catholic and. I always felt really peaceful when I was with them because her dad wasn't an alcoholic <laughs> and there was nothing bad happened at their house. So I loved going with them. And uh, so I remembered that. And, you know, I know for me, knowing that there's always a prayer to say, knowing what the rules are, the structure of the Catholic Church, but also like the love. So for me, that's where I found the love and I found that my brokenness was actually a good thing you know you found that in the catholic church i did okay you know um like you could have knocked me over with a feather if i ever thought that that would have happened and i still find it kind of funny you know because you know i kind of went all the way with, (laughs) with, with i mean you know um But it has brought me peace. But I wouldn't have ever, ever, ever gotten there where where I feel serene and peaceful a lot of the time. That would have never happened if I didn't walk into the rooms of A. Or, you know, actually, when I'm a a veteran, so I went to the SUDS program at the VA. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and um, real good program. But it was a bit of a culture shock. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to not being around a lot of other females when I go anywhere at the VA because there's just not as many of us. Right. But, but, you know, I was definitely the only one in that treatment program. <laughs> and most of the men in there were extremely m- older than I was. <laughs> and um, But you know what? I After the first couple of days in the treatment center, I was like, well, you know, um, look for the similarities and not the differences. I I did, in fact, belong there. And, you know, I started coming to meetings, and all I did for the first six months was cry and shake, you know. Um, I did a lot of that while I was drinking, too. <laughs> Me, too. Especially the shaking part. <laughs> Crying and shaking and, and peeing on myself, and, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll surrender to that one. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That was pretty gross, TMI. But, hey, Hey, Who hasn't done it? Chances are, if they're listening to this podcast, they've been there. There's, there's That's been a right. Story, yes, yeah. yes. So, um, yeah, no. I mean, I look like a respectable person now, and I love God with all my heart and all my soul. Um, and that just would have never happened without AA, you know, because I needed somebody to tell me it's okay, whatever you came in here with, just as long as you know. And that's why. People who have a certain religion in the rooms of AA don't go there because I know I would have ran. I would have ran or run. I would have run away. So I, I'm super grateful today to have God because even when I fail so hard in life and make stupid decisions, even in sobriety, yeah, I do that a lot, <laughs> then I, I, you know, Faye's right. I'm never alone. I'm never by myself, and um, I need that. Yeah, I need that. Absolutely. So I'm really happy. (laughs) I am today. I'm really happy, and I'm happy that we just celebrated Lisa's one year. Yeah, we had her on the show yesterday morning. Oh yeah, I can't Um, wait to hear that. 
it is a great story. It amazes me sometimes when I, I see someone every day of the week, you know, or five yeah. days of the week, mm-hmm. and and you hear them share, and you talk to them, hug them, shake their hand, whatever it is, and then you get them in front of a microphone, and when they tell their story, it's like a whole nother side of them comes out that you never have, you know, you wasn't aware of their 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 backstory. Mm-hmm. You know, you just hear what you hear sitting in a room and you know unfortunately we limit that to three to five minutes in a lot of busy meetings you know except for a couple people who just keep on going but <laughs> and it happens you know but man her uh her, we had a lot of fun recording yesterday with lisa and her story should hit hit um sometime soon it's funny you said that because she just literally texted my phone <laughs> and said thank y'all so much i love my home group you all made me feel special Aww, that's what she said we so, love you lisa <laughs> yeah that's pretty awesome a year is a that's a big deal any time is a big deal but uh that first year's tough you know too when when god when you're ready i think with god it, to spiritually when you're not ready, you're not ready. <clears throat> and I remember my ex-wife now, but wife at the time, We uh, about a year before I went to treatment, she goes, we need to go to church. Man, I haven't been in church in a minute, okay? And we lived in a little town, but it was uh, probably 400 people in this church, and they had two services every Sunday morning. So a lot of people, 400 people there, I probably know 350 of them. You know, you were related I, to 350 of them. Well, that is Mississippi. <laughs> I ain't going to get into all that. But, uh, family tree doesn't fork over there. You know what I'm saying? But uh, um, I, uh, thanks, Mike, for totally breaking my construction. <clears throat> I uh, I go in. So I'm like, I'm going to go, you know. So I am i don't even got all my kids and me and her. We go in church. And, and all the guys, the men in there, I know them from around town, and they're all giving me the stink eye, like, oh, you know, look at this, what drug in here. <laughs> and I sit down with a bulletin. I'm trying to behave myself. I pull the bulletin up to see how long church is going to be that day, exactly <laughs> how many songs. And guess what they have in there? The prayer list. And you're on it. Guess who's number two on the freaking oh, prayer list? no, stop it. My name. <laughs> oh, Drug alcohol addiction oh was the reason gosh. for the prayer. Well, I thought that's what they had as your last name. No, well, it should have been at that point. <laughs> it's a long last name, but that should have been. I'm not even exaggerating. What did you do? I wanted to crawl in a hole and die. Did you pray for yourself? No, I didn't. I burnt the doors off getting out of there, and my <laughs> wife goes, don't, don't. Uh, it was my mother-in-law. She went there, and she put me on the and. So after church, she goes, you've been on there a while. I'm like, well, thanks for letting me know, you know, like, <laughs> yes. So you might be an alcoholic if you go to church and your own name is on the prayer <laughs> list. So, and then they're all like, well, get him, you know, he's in here. And I'm like, nope, I'm out. So I don't even think I heard the first song. Get him. I probably <laughs> threw a couple of bucks in the thing. And I was, I had to come back and pick up my wife and kids. I was not staying. I was like, I'm out. Y'all can stay. I'll be back. So, that's, that's one of the best story, stories man. I've heard, man. Yeah. I got, you have no idea. You know, I, um, I, I, my, my ex-wife is, uh, and me and her are still pretty close. She's Catholic and, um, I was raised Pentecostal. So I didn't go to church after the age of seven or eight and still had a close relationship with God. But, you know, and where I'm going with this is it, Bill's story in the big book talks about how when he was at Winchester Cathedral and he read the doggerel that, you know, here lies Hampshire Grenadier, you know, um, he, he felt something. He didn't know what it was and he soon went off to war or whatever it was and that was blotted out by the calamity of just life in general, mainly within our head. And um, But when I would go to church with my ex-wife, and I would be in the in um, Holy Trinity is where we went. Mm-hmm. It's the only it's the only church we really went to. So My daughter was baptized church. in this one over here, St. Jude. But um, besides that, our our you know we went to church there, and and I encouraged my children to go because I wanted them to grow up in religion. Um, and I knew I didn't go very much, so I'm not gonna buck the whole Catholic thing. It didn't bother me a bit, just as long as they were in a church. And um, but I would feel that same thing when I would be in that church. And one, <laughs> this is where I'm really going with the story. So one day I'm in Holy Trinity and I'm hungover and um, I'm sweating 
and I feel really bad, you know. But I'm there. It was uh, we actually went on a Sunday morning. Usually it was on Saturday night. But there were bees. <laughs> there were bees in the church, and they kept getting on me. None ever stung me, right? But they kept flying to me and getting on. They me. were getting drunk. <laughs> these were not DTs. Your, these were not DTs or anything. I was there was actual bees in the church, you know. And I kept thinking maybe. Maybe I am I hallucinating? Yeah, maybe I don't need to be here, you know. So, <laughs> and I was, you know, dying of thirst, you know. And you see, there's that's a, a terrible yeah, yeah, headache. But, but right there in the waiting room was a whole bunch of holy water, you know. I mean, but um, I was dying of thirst. But I remember feeling that that sense of of peace whenever I was in there, you know. And mm-hmm. and most of the time I wasn't hungover, believe it or not. Whenever I would go to church, but I could feel that same thing that Bill felt when he was at Old Winchester Cathedral, and it was. It was moving, but as soon as I walk out of church, I'd go right back to mm-hmm. what's important to Mike. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And never the thought of helping another human being. You know, it's always what what can I do to get my next whatever makes me feel good, whether it's, you know, whatever, drinking or whether it was working or just, you know, one of my plethora of addictions. So how about you, Jill? What you got on turning that old wheel in life over? So, um, I mean, a lot of you guys have, have heard my story. Um and bits and pieces of it over and over again. And, and we talked about it last week, you know, turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Well, that to me implied that, first of all, I had one and that I understood one, mm-hmm. understood them. And that freaked me out. I couldn't even wrap my head around that. I couldn't wrap my head around the whole turning your will over because I didn't even know what that meant. Uh, you know, and I, it, this, this one step freaked me i remember bawling crying so i was like how am i supposed to know what god's will is and i remember asking my counselor and her look at me like i'm a complete idiot i believe jennifer googled it what is <laughs> yeah I, I didn't know what that she meant like it. is there a list of things that you do like does that mean you like uh you know pray on your knees every, i mean i just didn't know what that entailed um and i also didn't know what my will entailed because I, I was like you know, she kept saying I was in my will. I'm like, I don't understand. I'm doing what I've always done. Like, and to me, it was so big and so unfathomable that it freaked me out. I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I just cried and I cried and I cried. And I remember lots of times going to her office and say, you know, oh, 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 I think I got it. You know, and I'd run to her office and she'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, uh, and then I'd go run off, you know, and I did that, like, I swear for a month. Uh, I was really stuck on that step. Um, but, you know, I'd started praying. And the thing is, what it says is made a decision. And I did, I did make a decision. And let me tell you something. I was about 0.1% percent willing i mean i'm talking about a little bitty piece of sand um because first of all like what does that mean if i do this what's going to happen if i do this um does it mean i'm weak does I, i just i didn't this really didn't make a whole lot of sense and um you know, I did it, you know, again, and I was talking to her about the whole surrender thing. And again, like, I, I don't know what you want me to give you, because um, I was thinking it in a very concrete and literal fashion. Um, I didn't know you could just like surrender something over to God or something spiritual, because you can't see it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm totally concrete here and um and and i did so and i remember thinking that was so weird i remember being in the cabin thinking uh okay so hi (laughs) god hey um yeah it was it felt weird i didn't know who i was talking to i was judging myself uh, the whole deal and i did it and i continued to do it But, um, you know, I like to think of this step as, and I love to say the God of my misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. I I, I like that. I love it because I didn't understand my higher power for a long time. 
And there's still things I don't understand because if I think too much about it, I will freak myself out. Mm-hmm. I really will. Um, and I'll, I'll try to over intellectualize a lot of things, um, you know, and so I, I have to, that's why I like to say a God of my misunderstanding. The thing is I continued through the steps just the way I was supposed to, um, not really knowing, you know, what the future would hold, not really knowing if it would work, just taking that leap of faith. And through going through the steps, I found my higher power. And I remember, you know, I can't recall when exactly happened. I do remember being on a pink cloud. And I do remember when I went through the steps about a year and a half, I felt something I'd never felt like the insides of my body, everything stopped shaking. And, and I don't know if a lot of people understand that, especially not alcoholics, but I felt like my life, I was constantly on vibrate, like just, and, and this is not including the DTs. <laughs> this is something <laughs> totally else. And that stopped. And I remember I felt really alert and everything felt really clear. And just like the book talks about the rose colored glasses, colors seem brighter. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is really weird. I started to have that psychic change. Um, and I know this, not exactly the step we're talking about, but me making that one decision, you know, and having many doubts. And just trying something different for once changed my whole entire life. Now, when I did this, I didn't trust it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. No, this, I'm with you. This I'm, will yeah. not work. You don't understand. This kind of stuff doesn't happen to me. And not only that, I don't believe in anything. But I was trying to because I could say, like, well, I mean, I believe that there is an ultimate creator. Something. Like something really big makes this all happen. And that made sense to me. And, um, you know, the thing that I think that was tying me up is that I thought I had to have someone else's higher power. And, you know, kind of like what a lot most people believe in. And I I just couldn't get behind that because it didn't make any sense to me. But um, every time I've gone through this step, I get that much closer and I understand just a little bit more. And I feel like there's so much to learn when it comes to God, my higher power and the and, and all the beautiful things that that you can learn through um, surrendering and, and trusting and all those beautiful things that we you know talk about. Um, and I know that I've only touched like the tip of the iceberg with this and that's what kind of uh motivates me to keep going on because i do want to know more i want to know my higher power even better looking forward to it it is it's something exciting because like the first time i remember thinking man I, i felt faith for the first time you know the second time it was like i felt grace and i it's like it's not like like i know it i felt it on my insides yeah on my insides but that sounded weird but um anyway um (laughs) step three was probably one of the most difficult steps that was more difficult to me than four five or nine um i have no problem telling everybody what happened and you know going through my part and all of that but trying and and I'm sure it was just the thing was it was ego and which was stemmed from an incredible amount of fear yeah and to me fear paralyzed me fear kept me in panic attacks and in drugs and in alcohol and um I don't think I was so scared that I just felt like man I don't even know how to put this into words. Like I was okay living in it because I didn't know there was something else. Oh yeah. And nor did I believe it. So it's actually step three that, that saved my life. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about that and that just suddenly just hit me. Well, that's, that's pretty good. That's good <laughs> stuff. 
That's, we're just letting you go, man. Yeah, it was good. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I just had like a an epiphany in here. So Do you want to um, sponsor me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to make that decision every day. Sometimes, you know, the first three steps. I mean, in the morning time when I wake up, when I get worried about something that's going to happen that hadn't happened yet, and I do have to think about this. Like, oh yeah, you know, we give up. We gave our our will and our life over to God, didn't we, Michelle? Yeah, we did. So what are you doing? Trying to control everything. <laughs> and I, that, I, yeah. in early recovery, even even on into mid recovery, I can see that happening on a pretty yeah. regular basis. Yes, yeah. giving it. it Taking it, giving it, taking it. Oh, yeah, no. I was, oh God, I remember that. I was such a control freak. Well, you know, I had to. If everybody in the world would just do what I told them to do. Well, I think that's in step three in the book, Miss Faith. <laughs> the world would be so much better. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with me that I never thought I controlled anything because I never told anybody what to do. But I didn't realize how I was trying to make everything in my world happen my way. Absolutely. And and that's what I learned. Like, that's not exactly what control means. No. For us, that kind of controlling things is deadly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, well, nothing ever worked out my way. And so I stayed deadly. pissed. I stayed resentful. I stayed angry because, like, why? Why is this, why does this keep happening to me? And then I just – it just – you know, spiraled out of control with the self-pity. And, um, I, you know, we talked about it just a second ago, but I really love acceptance was the answer. To me, that is my favorite, uh, you uh-huh. know, story in the back of the book. And I have that printed out, and it's on my clipboard. My clipboard I take everywhere with me at work. You know, I read it. I share it with. It's like an iPad clipboard. or you like a, a real old-time clipboard? Oh, I'm old school. Okay. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm old school. It's not even plastic. It's that. It's that. That wood that stuff. That fake wood stuff. <laughs> I have two of them at work. I love it. It goes everywhere with me at work, but I have that on there, and I read it to people because I think that's one of the most important things you can possibly read in the big book. Because, mm-hmm. man, that tug of war in the beginning. Shit. I just remember coming home and telling my ex-wife, you know, acceptance is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Except that I'm coming in hammered. You know? <laughs> no, no, this was after I got sober. How did you, you know? feel about that? Yeah, oh. she did. Uh, I'm sure if she's still listening to the podcast, I'll hear about that. (laughs) Yeah, some things only work on us. (laughs) But actually, they would work for a lot of folks, you know. It really works. This program would would benefit anybody. I think of the AA meetings as like the microcosm of the world that I would like to see everywhere, you know, to where people of all different backgrounds come together for a common purpose, you know. Because of our common peril. Common and, peril? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what that word means. Not peril? common peril. <laughs> Mo- uh, microcosm? Yes. Well, you just said one I don't know earlier. I was thinking, what, what is that one? I don't know. You just used another one. So. <laughs> did any of you wonder... <laughs> what's? Did any of you wonder... What is my life going to look like after I give it over to God? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I did. I mean, I'm, I'm first off, I'm kind of like Jill. I was confused as heck. You know, how do I turn my will in my life? They, they tell me to at the club, yeah. but how do I turn my will in my life over to God? What what do I do? Well, so what I did, just started saying third step prayer every morning when I woke up and trying to remember that. And then somewhere during a noon meeting right after that, it came to me that, the word alcohol is not even mentioned in the third step prayer. No, nope. you know, which I have to bring up the prayer, by the way. It's just, you know, it's part mm-hmm. of the third step. Mm-hmm. But alcohol is not even mentioned in there. And, and then that hit me. And I'm thinking, well, I've been focusing this whole third step thing on drinking. You know, my will in my life was just drinking. So I've just been the whole third step. You know, I'm turning it over to God. But all I was turning over was my drinking problem. Everything else, you know, once I get that drinking problem solved, I've got this life licked because, you know, smartest human being on the face of the earth. And, you know, and if everyone did act like me and and listened to me and did exactly what I said, you know, life would be perfect. You know, I I failed to look at the complete shit show I had made out of the past 38 years. (laughs) The whole world would be just be a shit show. See, I I couldn't fail. (laughs) I uh, once once the substances wore off, I was like, oh, man, this ain't good. So I knew I had a Matthew problem. That's one thing I probably 
didn't struggle with. It really? Was, yeah. No, I knew. Like, and and again, <clears throat> the lady was my therapist when I got the mm-hmm. treatment. She was <laughs> very good about pointing out, hey, let's take a look at the facts. You know, and the facts are this. Your grand, uh, you know, everyone else is the problem. Um, they're not the problem. And, uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't, I, you know, I don't know if you call it. I don't know what you call it. And I hear, we hear so many stories and, and we hear different people and they struggle with different things. The only thing I knew by the time I got here and walked in the club was that I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I couldn't do what I was doing beforehand. Right. Yeah. And I did yeah. not know what would happen. And I didn't really care when you're at the point of, I'm going to eat a bullet or take a bath with a toaster or nunchuck yourself to death or whatever. <laughs> you know, when you're at that point, it doesn't really matter. I was I was willing to to at least try give, and, give uh, try, yeah. you know, uh, and give it a good try, you know. And so uh, because I knew if I went back, it was over with. It was a matter of very mm-hmm. short period of time. Yeah. So, I didn't even know that, that um, you know. That I knew we was talking to Mike earlier about this. My husband and I knew we were alcoholics. I mean, physically, it was evident, and we knew what it was. You know that ethanol absolutely had to exist in our bloodstream, or or the symptoms would come. You know, um, and I didn't understand that. We didn't understand, and I still didn't uh, understand that my life was unmanageable until. Until he died, until he drank himself to death, and not to be a bummer, but that's what I mean when it's a it's a killer, and um, that stuff inside us, you know, that we try to control ourselves. Look what happens. Yeah. Look what happens. You know. And so, yeah, no, I was I didn't even understand anything about um, how to give my life over to the the care of God as I understood Him. I didn't understand any of that until. I was desperate enough, that gift of desperation of being like, oh, my God, he died. My whole identity is wrapped up in this man. I didn't know who I was anymore. And, you know, I mean, he died, and then three months later, I got sober. Um, Because it took me that long (laughs) to realize, oh, I'm going to die, too. I think I kind of wanted to follow him for a while, and uh, that— Sure would have happened if God didn't intervene and make me pick up the phone. And I didn't know it was God calling. Well, if, if, <laughs> if we was. had the consciousness at those periods of time to realize that God is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves, yeah. it would probably make step three a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, seriously. But mm-hmm. I'm still fighting it at at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Not Not today, obviously, but at this point when I come into the rooms, I'm still fighting it. I'm still trying to decide if this is what I want to do or do I want to go do mm-hmm. this or there's such a, a plethora of ways that I could beat this thing, right? <laughs> so I'm still fighting it. But if I, I, if I could look back and say, I walked into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and I sure as heck didn't want to. Something had to get me here. God doing for me, whatever it was, whatever it was. Sometimes it's tragic. Sometimes it's not so tragic. Sometimes it's comical. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, it's God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. I had a, I had a brief moment, and I mean when I say brief, like a thought that said, you don't think like this. Something is wrong with you. You better do something right now. And that was just my, my little moment and and obviously I did something right then instead of it was always I'll go to rehab Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start treatment on Sunday night or what you know, it was always later. It wasn't right this minute. And it used to bug the hell out of me when people would say, Okay, come on, let's go right now. And I'd be like, Oh no, no, I'm good. No, not right now. I waited until I was feed so the chickens bad that and, I, I died <laughs> twice. Bathe the hogs. <laughs> you know, I got all kinds of stuff I got to do. So. Suddenly became a farmer when it became time to go to rehab. Yeah. Who's going to take over my yeah. MySpace account while I'm gone? <laughs> you know, what is amazing to me is, is since I've sobered up is to look back on my drinking life and realize how much God did for me while I was drinking. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? How many oh, times yes. he saved <laughs> yes. me. 
you know, there were times I should have died. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, but by the grace of God, I mean, he was, you know, I've always I've always been one of those people. I say that, you know, he has to hit me over the head with a two before to get my mm-hmm. attention. Me too. And that's uh, that, that, that's what, you know, when I came to the rooms, I kept telling my daughter, I don't want to quit drinking. I don't want to quit drinking. And I really didn't. I wanted y'all to show me how I could. <laughs> Hell, I didn't want to quit drinking either, Faith. No, none of us did. I just wanted to make my behavior better. Yeah, I, I wanted the consequences yeah. to go away. There you go. Exactly. I almost had the attitude of like, exactly. I'm going to prove this doesn't work by doing it a thousand percent. And then I can sit back and go, I tried it. Bingo. Guys, told yeah. told y'all, doesn't work. Watch this. I'm going to turn my will in my life yeah. over to God. Yeah, See what happens. That was my attitude. See what was he like, does with it. You know, and here's what, here's, and Jill was talking and I was thinking, I was in treatment. This is before I even got a sponsor, before I didn't, I couldn't, didn't know anything about steps or any of that stuff. But there was two texts there that, uh, I talked to a lot. They were both in recovery and they were on our wing all the time and, you know, working and they would sit out there and talk and I would talk with them. And, um, the place I went to treatment was pretty rough. It was, it was a rough crowd in there, um, which I guess all treatment centers are, but this one was really rough. And I remember sitting and talking with them and like, what do I do here? You know? And I had a pretty bad detox. Jill and I talked about this. I wasn't in real good shape. I had a variety of things my body was getting rid of at one time it was not fun but i remember him writing those five things down you know and i'm in treatment and he goes do this and i'm like the first one said pray when you wake up when your eyes open pray and i went man this is already going bad (laughs) we're already i didn't got to the other four You know, and now I'm picturing church and clip-on ties and clip-on ties. Yeah, yeah. becoming a nun, basically. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm, look at this. We don't wear clip-on ties, and we're basically all nuns. You remember Jim Carrey with the uh, up there with the monks? You know, that's me up there Mm -hmm. chilling in that movie. But I'm like, this isn't going good. So, but the next morning, I put it by my little table. I get up, and I'm in physical. I'm just a wreck, an absolute wreck. And I remember laying in my bed, and I said, just please help me today to get Mm -hmm. through. Just help me get through the next 15 minutes because I don't know, you know, but you got to help me. And as clear as day, and it wasn't out loud, but it wasn't in my head, and I heard something say, there's 28 other guys in here. Why are you praying for yourself? You need to be praying for them. Oh, awesome. And I went, huh. Wow. What was that? That never crossed my mind. Yeah, it never crossed mine either. Twenty-eight. Like, yeah, there was twenty-eight. I know. How did he, how did God know? There I had was like twelve. This, it was like, oh, dude. When I walked in, they were all standing in the door, like when you go to jail. They're all standing at the door, like new, fresh meat. You know, when you go to jail. And I walk in, waiting on you. And I'm going down to my room, at. and the guy goes, "Welcome to the hood, bro." That's what he told me. I was like, Ooh. "Okay." We had ants. We had ants real bad. It was a classy place. Yeah. But uh, I remember uh, we shared a restroom between four guys. It was two in each room with a restroom in the middle, uh, shower and all that. And they were taking us to our first outside meeting. Like, we're fired up. We're going to go get in the druggy buggy and ride across town. Yeah. And so everybody's getting dressed up, you know, because we're leaving the building. And so everybody's got the showers Hello. going and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm finally, I'm like, I'm going in there, you know. I open the door. And there's a guy brushing his teeth. There's a guy in the shower and a guy sitting on the toilet all at the same time. And they're like, do you need in here? I'm like, I think I'm good. I think y'all got everything in the room occupied at this moment. I'm going to back out. I'll just go dirty. So that's what I did. But welcome to rehab. But, um, yeah, that was a that was a weird moment, you know. And so I started doing that every morning. And I would get up and just walk down through the halls, you know, and just kind of like try as best i could that i knew how to do to uh to to pray for those guys and um you know mm-hmm. it's gone from there but way before my spiritual conversion way before that you know i looked around the rooms of the koala club and started to see and listen to the evidence of other people's experience with their higher power you know, and start to see their lives change. And so who was I at that point? You know, I'd lost so much. Um, 
and I had, was so desperate. So who was I to knock what anybody else was doing to make themselves better? And I started to try. The only prayers I knew was that third step prayer. And I made myself lay down in my bed at night while I was still shaking. And I made myself memorize it because I didn't want to be the loser reading it on the wall. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, I'm I'm a very smart person and I have to be the best at AA. And, you know, <laughs> you know, I just um, I was going to impress you all with how fast I got to know everybody's names and, you know, um, I don't try to impress anybody but God at this point because, uh, you know, um, I'm just a drunk, an addict, and a person with trauma problems. <laughs> but I'm also the most spiritually fit that I've ever been in my life right now. And I, I know it's just going to keep growing, yeah. you know. As long as I don't forget that the rooms of AA is where it all got started, and, you know, because I had tried just church before <laughs> many times and, you know, it was just not going to work that way. I, there was no program for living. There was nobody who understood ex except you guys. And at first I didn't even think y'all would. Y'all didn't understand me. You know, I'm mm -hmm. special. <laughs> I'm unique. I'm unique. You, you don't know? understand. I'm very, very smart. You know, um, I'm, I'm very talented and, you know, it didn't matter. None of that. In, in there and um, that's what I needed is a big ego check well you know in, in the pro for me I can only speak for myself and of course from my experience but you know if you, you said something that's key and and that's you continue to grow spiritually and there are points in my recovery that I felt like I had reached a pinnacle I felt like it I knew I hadn't you know, my, mm -hmm. my feelings were one thing, but my, my deep down gut says, no, you can keep going. This ain't like you're going to get so old you die or so tall you stop or so, you know, big you stop or whatever. There's no distance as far as my spirituality could grow. And I have learned in my experience that I get closer to God. I gain more spirituality i get stronger spiritually mm -hmm. when i work with other people absolutely i learned that and man look we can we say in the rooms all the time we work with other people so that we stay sober mm -hmm. this is an altruistic movement all of that is true every bit of it makes sense but when i'm sitting in a room with someone who is hurting someone who's going through something when life is really tough and i get out of me and give them a piece of me and say, you know, here, hold my hand or here, let's talk about it or here, let's pray. When I get up out of that room, I feel better. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go into the room feeling bad. <laughs> so if I go into a room feeling spiritually fit, ready to roll, I can walk through a liquor store, you know, when all that, when I go into a room, but I walk out feeling even better than I felt then I'm growing spiritually, me anyway, you know. And it was very fortunate that right before we came down here, I just finished working step three um, with a, a sponsee just right now while we were at the club. Um, and there are a few days a week that I dedicate, instead of going to a meeting, which I love going to meetings, but I dedicate a few days a week to go in that back room and spend time with a sponsee. Yeah, you do. Because it helps them, it helps me. And it helps me spiritually, you know. There's <clears throat> that one little moment in time where, and it might be an hour, but there's no pain at all. There's nothing. There's no depression. There's no anxiety. There's none of these things that constantly ail me, right? I'm a... I go 100 miles an hour all day, every day, but I stop when I get in there because it's them, and I grow spiritually. And, you know, before I forget about it, because I, I tend to do that too, but if I could say if it's tough to make a decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of God, this is what I tell my guys, and I may get some feedback on this on our email. <laughs> if it's hard to do that, just make a decision to work the rest of the steps. Yep. Yeah. And it'll open up. It's a process. Well, I find it hard. I found it hard for me 
to completely turn my will and my life over to the care of God without cleaning house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was hard for me to get really close to God without cleaning house and acknowledging that I had some defects. And Mm -hmm. Well, they serve as roadblocks to recovery. Absolutely. One thing that helped me work the third step, and I've recently redone this, and it's just a little like spiritual meditation that it don't matter what you believe your your higher power is. Um, I started going back in my life and looking at all those times that I felt angry at God or that he wasn't there and literally picturing my God holding me during those worst moments, the whole, you know, that he was there. And I've like recreated that in my mind um, in those little spiritual exercises where I look, look for God back in those times when I couldn't feel anything because I was blocking God. Um, but he was always right there. And I don't know why that gave me so much comfort, just knowing that through all the abuse, through all the addiction, um, and through all the loss, that God was holding me. And he has. And it, and, he is and right he, now. Yeah. He is right now. And you know, the thing about it is if Goosebumps. if we <laughs> will get close to him, if we will let him, he will speak to us. You know, um, he will tell me what he wants me to do. He will tell me. There have been times, uh, and and the one thing that I can, I can uh, really focus on is sponsees. You know, if I'm having trouble with a sponsee, then, excuse me, I'll take it to God and we'll talk about it. You know, what do I need to do? You know, I'm not, somehow I'm not getting through to this person. And and he will he will tell me what I need to do. Uh, he'll tell me, just love her. Just love her. Or I remember one time uh, I was worried about a, a, a person that I know that used to come to the club a lot and well, I was worried about what are we going to do with her, you know, what are we going to do? And I prayed about it, and he said, leave her alone. I'll take care of her. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Now, my, my, sponsor, my sponsor asked And that's me, hard for Faye. <laughs> <laughs> my sponsor asked me, she said, do you hear voices? <laughs> no, I don't hear voices. I just, you know, God tells me in my heart, he tells me what he wants me to know. And he speaks to me through my fellows at NAA. Yeah. You know, that's through where intuition, I through coincidence, or what we used <clears throat> to call coincidence. <laughs> I'm with you. He speaks yeah. to me through mm-hmm. my fellows in AA. Mm-hmm. I've been having a, uh, probably the last month, I've been just struggling with a bunch of stuff, and it's been a struggle. And I tend to go through these little periods where mm-hmm. it's just tough, man. It just feels like you're in a fight with like eight people at a, you know, yeah. eight on one. And in the past, I would have, I would have, oh, I'm throwing in the towel. It's over. You know, I'm, I'm going, I'm giving up. I'm going to, but I've learned in the last few years when I go through those and the worst the situation is, God's fixing to steer me in another direction and I'm going to come out of it and I'm going to go, okay, that's what he was doing. And I'm telling y'all, I have been struggling up to today, up to walking in at 5.30 a while ago, it has been rough. But I know that something's cooking, so mm-hmm. i got to hang on. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, and that's the only thing that's kept me, my behavior, from being like it would have been in the past in this situation. And um, there's a guy in the program works with me, was a part of some of the, hearing some of it the other day that I've been dealing with, and he was like, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to pull this truck over and I'm going to walk over in the grass by myself. I don't want you to come over there. I just, I need to walk. And so I did. And I walked over there and prayed and I wouldn't have done that in the past ever. And, um, I just, with all this going on, I know something big fixing to happen. So I'm just glad that that's where I'm at today. Isn't you know? it awesome to know that? It though. isn't fun. But no, it will be fun. fun. Mm-hmm. It will be but fun. It's awesome so. to get to the point where you know that 
that he's got it. And when you were drinking, you probably knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you went and got drunk, and then you woke up a few days later and didn't even remember the whole situation. Yeah, I just <laughs> skipped the situation. It just kind of got worse. Blanked it out. All right, guys. Well, we're running out of time, and um, appreciate you ladies coming by tonight. Well, thank you. It means a, a lot to all of us, and I know we'll have you back on the show, and um, appreciate all our listeners out there. Um, don't forget about the uh, voicemail line and the email if you want to reach out to us, field some questions, and let us know. Uh, the next topic is going to be recovery versus sobriety. Mm. Yeah, and I, I really strongly do not like to use the word versus because I would much rather see someone sober than sure. having to worry about that as an added question. But recovery, sobriety, what's the difference to us? What's the difference to you? Whoever we have on the show, that's going to be our next topic. So love to hear from you guys. Want to hear from you guys. Reach out to us. Help us with some topics, things you want to hear about, anything that's going to help you with your recovery. So from Bozier City, signing off.